Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the premier Houston sports podcast. Robert, along with my co-host, R.G. Seal. And a quick reminder that if you missed it, Houston Cougars voice, Jeremy Branham, joined me on Monday's show. If you're excited about the Sweet 16-bound Cougs, listen to that conversation. But moving to the local NBA team, the story this past week was that unreal performance by James Harden Friday night. He MVP'd all over the Spurs and what I believe RG was one of the two best games of his career. He scored 60 points. He did it before, but when you factor in how tight the game was, the quality of the opponent, the Spurs, I put this one right there with that overtime win earlier in the year against Golden State. I mean, he scores 13 points in the last three minutes of the game. RG, it's tight all the way through. The Rockets needed every point. Uh, Rockets legend Corey Brewer even said Harden is his MVP. Is he yours? Well, yeah, we're biased, right? I mean, the guy has a Superman. He has a letter S on his chest, right? I mean, the guy has just been unbelievable this season. And he was the MVP last season. You wondered how could he even get better, but he has offensively. I, the, the guy is just... I mean, there's it's unstoppable, the, the hardened step-back jumper. Just what he's been able to do as far as keep the team afloat for many games when CP3 was, of course, out. And he had Clint Capella out, too, and it was all on James Harden. And like you said, that Golden State game where he makes the uh, – game winner and then you have the other game against the San Antonio Spurs like you're saying where he throws up 61 and and after the first quarter you're thinking could this guy even uh you know get into Wilt Chamberlain kind of stratosphere there because Wilt has all the records and 100 points and you're looking at Kobe Bryant with his 81 points against uh Toronto and then James Harden could even get up to that that kind of like game against the Spurs and even to score 61 like you said against a Greg Popovich team pretty impressive and before James Harden came along there were eight 50-point performances in Rockets team history. Harden now has eight 50-point performances in just this season alone. Joins Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and Kobe as the only players in history to score 60 or more points in multiple games during a season. It's hard to argue against the Greek freak, and what he's done for Milwaukee is remarkable. But when you factor in all the time missed by the Rockets' key players and the history that Harden has made almost nightly, it's hard to argue against him because RG when you look back if you're a, a sports writer and you just gotta you kind of have to picture it 20 years in the future what is the season people are going to be talking about is it going to be James Harden's season or is it going to be the Greek freak season that's the question that's a good point you're putting uh, on your your futuristic glasses you're looking into the crystal ball right uh, I think you hit the, the nail on the head there because like when we look back at like even the season, remember, I was just talking about with Kobe Bryant when he had the 81-point game. I mean, that's like a landmark achievement when Kobe was throwing up all those games where he was scoring points and going through the consecutive games scoring like James Harden. You're going to look back on this James Harden offensive streak. While uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, he's been awesome, and he's really good defensively too, and he has his, the team with the best record in the NBA. Kudos to him. It gets back to that old kind of thought about the MVP too. Is it strictly on individual efforts? You know, what does it mean for the team in the standings? Like what you said, Harden has single-handedly kept this team afloat. I mean, the Rockets, they were started out the season 11 and 14. They could have totally tanked. They could have had a disastrous season or at least been fighting for the eighth seed in the playoffs and just trying to struggle to even get into the, the postseason. And instead, you know, they've already clinched a playoff berth. 
They're now, you know, second, third, fourth seed. They're all in play still for the Rockets. I mean, ideally, they'd like to be the second seed. I don't know if they can beat Denver and, and make that kind of run. I'm still assuming Golden State will be number one. But just what James Harden was able to do during that period when he, he was without Clint Capella and he was without Chris Paul, it was all on him and defense is focused on him. Like you said, I think it's something that people are going to look back. One of the greatest offensive players of all time. If he doesn't win an MVP this season, no knock against Giannis. But I just think that it would be a really abhorrent. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue uh, against Giannis. It's not really arguing against Giannis. It's just saying, right. like, this is what James is doing. And, uh, you know, there's only eight games left. So, I, you know, I've tried to avoid this because I know, you know, you go on every single show and that's all they talk about all through the season. And I don't think you could really start making a case one way or another till we get to this point. There's, you know, just eight games left. I don't see anything dramatic happening in the next eight games that's going to really change you one way. If you know what you think now i don't think it's going to change over the final eight games so that, i mean that's that's kind of where i'm at right now i have one question for you though i mean it just it also is what james harden is great of an offensive season he has, he's already won the mvp even if he wins back-to-back MVPs, does this it's always going to be, get back to right did you win a championship did james harden win a championship so to me this is going to be an extra special time to watch the playoffs this year because you never know from season to season just how healthy the roster is going to be, how you're going to be performing. I mean, look at LeBron James this season with the Lakers. I mean, he might be on the downside of his career now. He might have had this this season where he's still an MVP caliber player that's completely wasted. You know, you could have a couple of injuries next year or Daryl Morey's not acquire, able to acquire players in the office. So you have an opportunity now. The Rockets get a second season. Golden State is not the same Golden State that we've seen in the past. They, they seem to be vulnerable maybe come playoff time it'll be oh well that was a mistake they're still the best team and they're head and shoulders and look at the way kd's playing but it hasn't seemed that way up to this point and so you have this kind of opportunity this window and james harden could really cement this you know and the rockets could by winning a championship and that's ultimately what you play for not the mvp because by that point uh they'll have made their votes of course but if you look at what's going on with the rockets right now besides james harden and you know he's just we, we've talked about him throughout the season, but it's just like, uh, I mean, it, it comes to a point in a week like this where you just have to just heap the kudos on him with what he's been able to do and just piling up uh, more 50 and 60 point games. He also threw in a 50 point game in the last few days as well. But uh, since Daniel House came back, RG, he's shooting 52% from the field, 48.7% from three and 30 minutes per game. When you look at the Rockets' playoff rotation, I'm guessing the starting five is the usuals. Harden, Paul, Capella, Tucker, and Gordon. Either Nene or Fareed comes off the bench as a big, depending on the matchup. Houston has definitely earned a spot in the—I mean, House has definitely earned a spot in the rotation for Houston. That's seven Rockets right there, seven players in the rotation. D'Antoni won't play ten guys. We know Mike D'Antoni. Even nine isn't likely, but let's say it is nine. So here's my question, R.G., which one of these Rockets won't get playing time off the bench in the playoffs? Austin Rivers, Iman Shumpert, or Gerald Green? And it could be two of those guys. Let me ask you this first. Hasn't Iman Shumpert been playing in all these recent games? He's been playing uh, in, in a lot of the games, but it just seems like he's a guy that they don't need to rest because Austin Rivers has kind of been babying some injuries. Gerald Green seems to be playing in the games. I think he's played on all these games recently too, hasn't he? 
I'd have to go back and check. Yeah, but. I mean, that's – I would say that – Well, I think you're right that Dan, Dan – okay, so coming off the bench, it'll be either Fareed or Nene depending on matchups. And Daniel House will have minutes in there too because, like you said, he really fits. He plays well. He can do that. And I think Iman Schubert, just because defensively when games tighten up in the playoffs and, and still that was what he was brought in for and, and D'Antoni seems to be comfortable with him, I think it'll be more kind of like you know, with Gerald, Gerald Green and, and – Austin Rivers, it'll just be more situational. We've seen that with Joel Green in the past. He doesn't play. He, he didn't play in all the playoff games last year. It was when he came in and wow, could he give something that evening? Could he make his shot? You know, and then he would stay in the game. Or if you absolutely needed him because somebody was nursing an age or injury, and you know, like Chris Paul when he went out last year, Joel Green got playing time too. You know, so there there are things in there where you're going to look at the rotation in in the postseason. You know, kind of like looking at it right now, I think that you kind of have those those seven or eight right. But you're right with Mike D'Antoni. He likes to 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 you know, You're absolutely right about that. He likes to kind of condense his rotation. So where you have nine or ten players playing, it's going to be maybe just seven players playing in the playoffs at max eight. So who are those going to be? But we know the majority of the minutes are going to go to James Harden, Chris Paul, PJ Tucker, Clint Capella, and Eric Gordon. Right. And I think Daniel House is going to get a, a lot of those minutes. And, you know, it's really easy, the bigs. It's Capella. And, you know, is it a big guy that's got muscle and what that then it's going to be Nene. If it's a guy that's a little bit more stretchy that uh, they're going to have to defend, then then it's Fareed. But, it, you know, if you look at the three guys, Austin Rivers, Amon Shepard and Gerald Green, if you could combine somehow Amon Shepard and Gerald Green into one guy. Of course, it'd be a great player. There you go. I mean, that. <laughs> Let's solve all your problems. Uh, offensive three-point shooting, that's Gerald Green, and defense with Iman Schubert. Yeah, but unfortunately, we can't do that two-headed, meld them together. Yeah, I just, I, I'm not seeing Austin Rivers. I, I, it's like, Iman Schubert gets spot minutes, I think, in the playoffs. Maybe he gets 15 minutes somewhere. Uh, Gerald Green, same thing. Like you said, is he coming off the bench smoking hot with from three? You know, then he stays in the game. If not, maybe he gets subbed out. I, it might just depend on a, a matchup that they like with Green and Shumpert, but Austin Rivers, unless there's a little point guard that you got to chase around, like one of these mini guys that, man, I don't want to put Chris Paul on this guy and wear him out. I don't want to put James Harden for sure on him, or you know, Eric Gordon maybe is out of the game. Then Austin Rivers gets maybe he gets some playing time in a matchup like that. But I just I can't stand Amon Shumpert because it's it's not. The fact that he's not a good three-point shooter, and he's been bad with the Rockets. It's just some of the decisions that he makes. Uh, you know, he's the guy that sometimes you go, why are you going one-on-one -on -one with somebody? We we paid James Harden and Chris Paul to do that. Would you give the ball back to those two guys, and you are there to stand there, and if you're open, shoot the ball. If not, you give it back to one of those guys. Or if there's a driving lane, you know, you can drive and try to score, but... I guess that's my big issue with Shumpert. I, I, you know, that's it bugs the hell out of me. He, he's he's annoying to me. Okay, so he's on your blacklist. But hey, I wanted to ask you, like looking at the playoff matchups, what potentially for the Rockets first round matchup? To me, I don't want to face OKC in that first round. You know, of course, don't want to face Golden State in the second round either. So I just want to have them in the in the Western Conference Finals. But if there's like looking down at like you know uh, Oklahoma City, it's, it's four teams that right. are in San play Antonio, right now. the Utah Jazz, and uh, who am I forgetting? Just the Clippers. The Clippers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Clippers. So and the Clippers are undefeated against the Rockets this year. So I mean, who do you like? What would 
kind of like matchup do you want in that first round? Yeah, I, it's one of those four teams because there's eight games left. And, the Rockets and, when we, gonna... and they could, I'm sorry, they could also face Portland because if Portland drops to the five slot and the Rockets to the four or something like that, you know, you never know. Crazy stuff has happened in the NBA. The NBA. Yeah, it's that's very unlikely. Very it's... unlikely, but I mean, it's possibly too. So it's of, of those teams, kind of like how would you rank them? Where, where would you want the Rockets to be playing? Who would be the most favorable matchup for the Rockets and most unfavorable matchup? I like them facing the Clippers because the Clippers don't have maybe that go-to guy. And I don't know. There's just something that they're just not a scary team. They've got a lot of nice players, but they don't have really an outstanding player. The Jazz have a little playoff experience at this point. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Even though Rudy Gobert, the, the Rockets know how to match up against him at times. I'm just not a fan of getting in one of those jazz series, you know, that you can get into one of those defensive scrappy series. You know, you, you just you don't want to face Popovich because you never know what he's going to come up with. So I, I guess the Clippers would be the one I would most like to play and the least like to play. Uh, everybody says it's the Thunder, but the Thunder are kind of limping towards the finish. I don't know if Paul George is healthy. If Paul George isn't healthy, you want the Thunder because, you know, they they, they don't have a ton because – Look, Russell Westbrook, yeah, he's a try-hard guy, but he can't shoot it in the ocean. You just leave him open. You just let him stand out there and take 20-foot jumpers and let him miss left and right. So I, they don't have a, a, a bunch of other guys or a ton of depth as far as, you know, even guys from the outside. The Thunder are scary if they're healthy, but if they're not, just tell me which Thunder team we're going to get. <laughs> to me, it's like when you see Russell Westbrook and Paul George out there and just the talent that they have. And for most of the season, I mean, they were one of the top teams in the Western Conference. Like you said, they've been sliding of late. But if they can rest up and get healthy and get to the playoffs there, and it's again, it's a fresh, it's a new starts, new season for everybody. I just would not want to face that Oklahoma City team in, in the playoffs, at least in the first round. I mean, take your chance if you get the second, third, uh, you know, or the semifinals and Western Conference finals. I, I would tend to agree with you, too, about the Clippers. Uh, I, Even though the Clippers, you know, beaten the Rockets this season all the times they played them, and they've dominated them, too, at points, but that was when the Rockets weren't playing well at the beginning of the season. They've had, uh, you know, different – the roster shuffled here – and so I just think that, like you said, the Clippers, they've, they've done a great job. I mean, Doc Rivers has to have Coach of the Year consideration. I mean, uh, you know, somebody else will, will most likely win it, like, uh, what, the Milwaukee coach or something. Yeah, but Buttonholzer is the – he's the guy that everybody's going with, although Mike Malone from but, Denver's but, got a shot. Nate right. McMillan would be my guy because I don't oh, know how right. he's Indiana. Been piece it together. I mean, that's but, I mean, Doc Rivers is another one. Like you said, no superstars. I mean, they got rid of everybody. thought they would be terrible this year. They'd be one of the worst teams in the Western Conference, agreed. And yet what's ironic is that the Lakers are missing the playoffs and the Clippers are going to make the, the playoffs and the Lakers have LeBron. And that was, of course – Everybody was expecting come in, and maybe even LeBron takes the team to the Western Conference Finals. LeBron James is going to be sitting at home, and Doc Rivers with his hodgepodge roster of overachieving, a lot of them ex-Rockets, Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly, you name it, they, they're they on that team, and uh, they're going to be in the playoffs. And I know Patrick Beverly would love to play the Rockets. Outside of Golden State, give me the teams that you think have a ch- shot to win the championship. Well, I think the Rockets have a chance to win the championship. To me, the the most ideal thing, the most exciting series would be a Western Conference final rematch between Golden State and Houston Rockets, you know, winner take all again. Uh, but I would say that it would be the teams in the Eastern Conference. 
They have a chance to win the, uh, the championship, of course. Milwaukee, they come out of there. Toronto. And you know, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. You know, I still wouldn't count out Boston. I know people are and all of that. But, uh, you know, I just think that those teams have a chance to win the championship. And, again, Oklahoma City, if they could somehow be healthy and Paul George is back to MVP level, they're a team that could give Golden State a run for their money, uh, you know, just because of the way. And Russell Westbrook's always a wild card. So I'd say those are the teams that could potentially win a championship. I like what Denver's done, you know, great regular season. I just don't look at them as, you know, somebody that I think is going to win a championship. I'd be surprised if they won a championship. I'd be surprised if, uh, you know, Portland came out of the Western Conference or somebody like that, as good of a regular season that they've had. For those of you who have listened to us for a long time, you know that you can find our email address in the description of each podcast. So if you disagree with my takes or RG's takes or whatever, you've got a topic or question for us, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Now let's move over to the Texans. And while the Astros lock up potential MVPs and Hall of Fame caliber players with contracts, and we're going to talk about them the next podcast, the Texans continue to make splashes like pebbles. They're like little bitty pebbles and they make little small round splashes and uh, everybody on your feet. Archie, you want to get on your feet and applaud for the re-signing of Joe Webb? Uh, Webb <laughs> Joe Webb's coming back. Uh, not sure why they even needed to re-sign Webb with the little impact he made on special teams and as an emergency, you know, kind of that guy you threw in as a slot receiver in an emergency <laughs> towards the end of the year. But He's uh, your third QB, too, right? Yeah, he's the third QB, I guess, uh, except he can't throw the ball. That was the, what I found out in the preseason. But they also signed offensive tackle Matt Khalil, who maybe can help if he stays healthy, but he missed all last season with a knee injury, most of 2016 with a hip injury. RG, I was hoping you know, they might sign tackle Donald Penn. Uh, at least seven, was it seven Pro Bowls? Uh, he's at least got seven Pro Bowls on his resume. He, he missed last year, but he was a Pro Bowler as recently as 2017. I mean, he's 36 years old, but if you're going to get a stopgap guy, I mean, Donald Penn at least has got a resume. And and really, if you looked at his at his uh, pro football focus numbers, I mean, he's, he was elite there for pretty much his entire career up until he had the injuries last year. And they, they were moving him over from left tackle to right tackle. Uh, with Gruden, they were, you know, of course, shuffling the deck and doing all this stuff. They had a, a guy that they really liked, uh, uh, Colton. I'm blanking on his last name, but uh, he, he's the left tackle for the Raiders now. And so they try to move Penn over, then he gets hurt. But, I mean, that that would be somebody at least like, you know, I mean, again, coming off an injury, Matt Khalil coming off an injury, Chantrell Henderson coming off an injury. It's a, it's a big – we're at the craps table right now with the – you know, the Texans are just kind of, come on, just like if we could just get sevens or, you know, what I, I don't, I don't know my crafts, but I, I, I think that's right. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're uh, saying is kind of like, any, they're trying, they're taking a gamble here. They're thinking the upside of, you know, Matt Khalil here that they can get him that, he, you know, he had the injury last year, can come back, be the, uh, you know, starting left tackle perhaps. But, you know, I think they're also going to address this in the draft. It's a, Right, it's the offensive tackles who are, you know, this supposed to be a good draft for them. The Texans have uh, what uh, the first round pick and then two second round picks. Yeah, so they they have some flexibility there to go out and get a tackle, maybe two of them in the draft, 
uh, guard. You know, they're going to fix the offensive line. What we do know is the offensive line was one of the worst in football last year, especially with pass protection. So they do need to, you know, address that that tackle situation. And Matt Khalil, again, is somebody that they look at and and say – Maybe with Donald Pent, when you were talking about there, they were looking at the age. And, you know, the Texans have had a couple of guys. We've discussed this in the past. You know, they bring in the Geritol crew like an Ed Reed, and the guy's just washed up and over the hill. Maybe that's not the case with Donald Penn. Maybe he goes on and plays until he's around 40 and still is, you know, Bruce Matthews-like, uh, you know, stat, you know, great, uh, you know, on the offensive line uh, late into his career. But... If you're going to take a gamble on a guy, Brian Gain probably looks at it and says, you know, one-year gamble on a guy coming off an injury but is in the prime of his career right now. Offensive tackle, this guy has started games in the NFL. You know, maybe we get lucky with this one, but we're also going to address this through the draft. A.J. McCarron is the new backup quarterback. Is that an upgrade over Brandon Whedon? Did you get your A.J. McCarron jersey yet? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, I have the, my A.J. McCarron jersey along with my Brandon Whedon jersey, and I have that, you know, goes up with the Sage Rosenfeld jersey and the T.J. Yates jersey and the Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey. Should I go on? Uh, am I forgetting some? Dave Ragone, you, you yeah. found a place in, on your wall for the Dave Ragone jersey? Right, right. I um, mean, it's a, it could be a moderate increase. I mean, look, if you're the Texans, you, you're not going to get – the guy that I wanted to get, you're not going to get a great one. Tyrod Taylor made the most sense with Deshaun Watson. He went to the Chargers. I don't know if the Texans pursued him. I don't know what happened with that. A.G. McCarron's is probably half the price that, you know, it's to me, I I don't know to get behind the scenes and in the nitty gritty without, you know, being in Brian Gaines uh, DMs or something like that. I don't know, you know, what what the situation was with Tyrod Taylor, but he he was the guy that I would have looked for. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would have loved, but... He he gets the chance to start now in Miami. So I mean, for- isn't that this guy? I mean, doesn't he live the life? I mean, a Harvard grad gets in the NFL, gets all these different starting jobs. Where he's like the Forrest Gump of the NFL, like wherever he goes, he, he like- looks homeless, but he always finds a home. That's yeah. that, that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> hey, before we wrap this one up, just a quick congrats to the Rice Owls women's basketball team on a tremendous season. What a frustrating game in the first round. They blow a nine point lead. With three minutes left, losing overtime to Marquette. Yeah, I was watching that one. It was frustrating to watch. Uh, had to be crushing for them. But the good news is most of their team's going to be back next year. So congratulations to the Rice Owl women. I mean, I, all like I, we talked about on the show, so many of those uh, are local products. And, you know, this is a, a team that's really from the heart of Houston. So that's pretty cool. Uh, tomorrow we're going to preview the Astros season and look at those big spending boys on Crawford. Thanks to RG. For joining me on this one, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Max Friedman. And I'm Eli Blackwood. We're hosts of Tackling the Texans, brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. If you love the Houston Sports Talk podcast, then you should go ahead and listen to our weekly podcast where we talk about everything exciting around the NFL and what it means for Houston. We keep you updated on all things Texans with interesting debates and hot takes, making sure to bring on NFL experts from around the industry to keep you connected. Subscribe to Tackling the Texans on Apple Podcasts 
or give us a listen on any available platforms.